friends, welcome to the Sunday Sermon segment of We Need God. Please listen as Father Carrozza offers his homily for today, which was recorded live in St. Anne's Parish. Boy, what a year it's been, huh? It was just about this time last year that we first started hearing reports of this strange virus that was striking people in China. And I don't know if at the time we realized that eventually it would come here to the United States. But even when it did, and in March we had to shut everything down, I think we all thought it was going to be just a couple of weeks and then it would be back to normal again. I remember thinking, well, we had to shut down in the middle of Lent, but in the middle of Easter we'll be able to be back and we'll be able to celebrate with great joy. Who would have ever thought that Christmas would come and we're still doing social distancing and wearing masks. And it has upset the lives of so many people. Some of you have lost loved ones. Others of you have been stricken with the virus and had to suffer through it. Thankfully, your body was able to fight it and you regained your health again. Other people have lost their jobs, their businesses, and it has thrown families into turmoil. People's lives have been completely changed because of this virus. And who would have thought that we would all be at the mercy of something so small that we can't even see it? It's amazing how the tiniest of things can make such a difference in our world. And I know we were all hoping that it would go through and then yeah, with quarantining and all that, the, the virus would fade away and we'd be able to get back to normal. But then of course came the second wave and it hit us again and we realized, well, this thing is still with us. Quarantining alone is not going to be the answer to it. And we've all hungered for and prayed for a solution to it, a vaccine, an antidote to this, uh, this coronavirus. And thankfully, of course, as we know, the, uh, the virus, the, the antidote is finally here. And some people have already received the vaccination. And we're told that with, within a few months, hopefully, everybody will be able to have a vaccination and will be able to get back to somewhat of life as normal. So that even if we do end up contracting the virus, it will be nothing more than like just having a bad cold and will be under its effects for a couple of days, but it won't take anybody's life and it won't ruin everything else. But while we have this great hope of the vaccination, right away there are lots of people who are saying, oh, I'm never going to take that. You don't know how good it is, whatever it may be. And I want to say beforehand that, yes, I know there are some people who will have real medical reasons to say, I should not be taking that, uh, that vaccination. So please, I don't want to get any nasty letters from people complaining I'm insensitive to people with health conditions. No, if you have a good reason why you should not take the vaccination, your doctor tells you so, whatever, fair enough. But there's lots of people who, when you talk to them, I say, oh, isn't it great the vaccination's coming? They say, oh, I'm not going to take it. You say, okay, well, why? And they can't give you an answer. They don't know why. They say, well, how do we know it's going to be good for us? How do we know that people are not going to get sick from it? Well, perhaps we can wait a little bit and just see how it plays out. And if lots of people are getting sick from it, then we know we had something to fear. But if not, then maybe we're frightened for no reason. And lots of other people have just jumped on the bandwagon of no vaccination for no reason whatsoever, except that they heard somebody say, somebody with no credentials whatsoever said, oh, you shouldn't take the vaccination. And that was enough for them to decide, oh no, this thing is bad. Well, if that's the case, then they're just gonna suffer from the coronavirus a lot more than they need to. Well, kind of akin to that, 
There is a far greater contagion in our lives than the Corona-19 virus, a contagion much more deadly, and that is the contagion we all face, the contagion of sin. Because the coronavirus could take our life, but sin takes our soul, and it can rob us of eternal life, of the promise of heaven with the Lord, as long as we allow sin to live in our hearts. And there's nothing you and I can do about it to free ourselves from sin. Ever since Adam and Eve committed original sin, sin has been a part of our lives. We're conceived with it, we commit our own sins, and nothing you and I can do on our own will free us from those sins. That's where God came in. God promised to save us from sin and to send us a Savior. And the people of Israel for centuries were longing for this Messiah, longing for the Savior to come to them and free them. And of course, people had different understandings of what the Messiah would be when he came, and I'm sure they imagined so many different things. But I doubt for a moment that any one of them imagined that the Savior would be nothing less than God himself taking flesh and dwelling in our world. What a profound gift that he didn't just send us a wise human being or some powerful guy with a medicine, but he himself came to dwell in our world and to offer the sacrifice for sin that we could not offer on our own, that we needed him to do for us. And he did, and suffered and died and rose from the dead to free us from sin, to ransom us back, pay the price for our sins, and then gave himself to us as food in the Eucharist so that he could now enter us and unite us as one with him. And when we look at our nativity scenes okay, that we have here in the church and certainly the ones we have at home, we remember also from the story that Mary gave birth to Jesus, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger. But do you know what a manger is? A manger was an animal's feeding trough. It was where they would put straw for oxen and other animals to eat. So Mary laid him in an animal supper dish. It would be like one of you having a child and putting it in the dog supper dish you know, to rest. Well, that's what Mary did with Jesus. And what a beautiful symbol that is. Jesus himself, God made flesh, was placed in a supper dish, in a feeding trough. And that reminds us that he came to be our food. That God himself gave us his own body and blood in the form of bread and wine, so that when we consume his body and blood, we become part of him. We dwell with him, we become the food we eat, and we are brought into total union with God. My friends, do not pass over that too lightly. When we think about the privilege we have of receiving the Eucharist, that we are actually taking God in our hands. Do you notice in a little while when we come forward to receive communion, those who are in sufficient state of grace to do so, when you take that host in your hand, do you realize you're going to have God himself right there? You have God, the creator of all things, all goodness, all wisdom, all beauty, all truth, resting in your hand and then entering into your mouth and you become the food you eat. And God has done that so that we can be brought into union with him. That God wants nothing less for us than to bring us into total and complete union with him. And so we speak at Christmas of the wonderful divine exchange that God humbled himself to become a man so that he could exalt us and help us become God. Now, we're not actually going to be other members of the Trinity, okay? We can't do that. But we'll be brought as close to that as is 
physically possible, that we will come a hair shy of that, that the Lord has come to bring us into total and complete union with Him in His kingdom, where we will sit on with Him on His throne for all of eternity, judging the nations and sharing all the glory that Jesus now shares with His Father. That is what He offered us that first Christmas day when He took on our nature. God became man so that man could become God. What an awesome mystery that is worth taking time later in the day at some point to ponder on it. Reflect upon what that really means. That we have we come here to become part of God. What a beautiful gift that is. And so Jesus is the antidote. He is the vaccination against sin. With Christ, the sinless one in our bodies, we are now part of him. And our sins are nailed to the cross with Christ, buried with him. And when we... And when he was risen, we are risen with him, and our sins are destroyed. And every time we come and receive the Eucharist, our sins are forgiven, and we are free from the contagion that will destroy our eternal life. What a beautiful gift God has given us, that Christ is the antidote for sin. And yet, just like the coronavirus, there are some people who hear the good news of Jesus and the Eucharist and, and the need to worship him and follow him, and they say, oh no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to follow Christ. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to receive the Eucharist. Anything like that. And if you ask them why, there is not a single person who has a good reason why they should not follow Christ. In fact, there is no good reason why anybody should not follow Christ. They would have different opinions. Some people see the gospel as just you know, too high in the sky. You know, well, it sounds nice, it's lovely thoughts and everything, but let's face it, the world is not perfect, so it's just not going to work in the world. Well, not following the gospel because the world is not perfect is like being lost and having a GPS, but not using it because you're lost. That's the very way to get out of being lost, is using the GPS. Well, Christ is the very way to change our world, to make it the world that we want it to be, the world of peace. Can you imagine what the world would be like if every human being acted the way Jesus did and followed what he taught us? Oh, what a different world we would have. There were so many of the pains that we suffer would just be non-existent, and everybody would be treating each other wonderfully, and we'd have a much happier life. And that can happen, it is reasonable. In fact, when each and every one of us takes it seriously and says, I will live the life that Christ calls me to live, we will be the instruments of change in the world. One by one, we will make the world a better place and we will bring the peace that we long for. And we'll realize the instruments of peace are not going to be governments and politics and, you know, and policies and things like that. We are the instruments of God's peace. We are the only ones who can bring the peace to the world that the world longs, the peace that only Christ can give when we take our faith in him seriously and live it out each and every day and realize it can be done. It's not unrealistic. It's not something we can't do. Some people, I think, are afraid that the gospel is, gospel is going to be too difficult for them because they know that sometimes we do have to suffer for the sake of Christ. And that is true. But I think sometimes people imagine that living a Christian life is a constant life of misery. Oh, quite the opposite. It's a life of joy. And the Lord has said to us, I have come that my joy may be yours and your joy may be complete. Sure, there will be difficult days, 
But when they're experienced in Christ, those difficult days are made easier to bear. And the joyful times are a hundred times greater because they were experienced in Christ. Other people are afraid of the changes maybe they know they have to make in their life because they know maybe they're holding on to something that is sinful, that they know they have to let go of, but they're just so comfortable with it, they won't let go. And they say, no, I have to have this. I can't live without it. And they're petitioning God over and over again to change his laws and tell us that what we're holding on to, that, that he tells us is sinful, is really something good. And the Lord tells us, as wonderful as you think those things are, Sinful pleasures cannot give you anything even remotely near the joy that I will give you when you accept from my hands what I want to give you. But before you can accept in my hands my gifts, you have to let go of the things that you're holding on to. Let go. Leave them aside. I promise you I am giving you something far greater, far more joyful, far more meaningful than anything sinful you may be holding on to. So don't be afraid that you have to have this to live. Leave it behind. Let go and let me fill you. And I will give you a peace you can't even imagine. But sadly, some people still resist and say, no, 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 I won't let go of that, that belief, that practice, whatever it may be. No, I need that. I depend upon it. I believe in it. I espouse it. I defend it as good. And they fight God and don't find the peace they're looking for. And perhaps the day comes that they finally get tired of fighting God. And maybe they say to him, all right, Lord, I give up. You're not going to tell me this is good. All right, then I'll let go. I'll leave it behind and I'll follow you and I'll do things your way. And they surrender into the hands of God and discover what a sweet surrender it is. That is the most beautiful and peaceful thing that has happened to them. And they may look at themselves and say, you fool. Why didn't you do this years ago? You could have had this peace throughout your life, but you've waited till now to embrace that gift from God. And you wonder why you did it, because you say it's the most beautiful surrender we can ever imagine. And to quote my favorite singing group, Abba, how could I ever refuse? I feel like I win when I lose. Indeed, the most wonderful gift we can receive and give ourselves is surrendering ourselves into the hands of God realizing that our souls, our lives are in much better care when we place them in the Lord's hands than when we try to keep them in our own. Because God knows far better than we what's really going to make us happy, what's going to give us the joy that only He can bring us. And so today, if you find yourself fighting God a little bit, not giving completely to Him, and I would venture to say that every one of us would have to say, yes, we do. And I'm not just talking about people who only come to Mass at Christmas or sporadically, but even those of us who come faithfully every Sunday, sometimes don't follow the Lord as fully as we should, as, as we know we can. Well, let today, the day of Christmas joy, be the day that we give ourselves completely to God and say, okay, Lord, I will surrender myself into your hands. And when we do that, he will fill us with the joy that only he can bring. You and I, I know, have gone to great expense, especially during the coronavirus where shopping has been more difficult, to find that perfect gift for the people we love, just to let them know how much we love them. And nothing pleases us more than the joyful look we see on their face when they open the gift we've given them this Christmas. Well, my friends, today, give yourselves, give your children the best gift you will ever give them. 
Give them a life. Give yourself a life firmly rooted in Christ. For when you give your children Christ, when you give yourself Christ, you give yourself all wisdom, all beauty, all joy, all truth. You give yourself the antidote to sin, the one that will save us, that came to save us from our sins and is with us each and every day to continue what he began 2,000 years ago, to help us overcome those sins each and every day of, our, of your lives. In a little while, those of us who are worthy to receive in, in communion will do so. Open your mouth and let him feed you with his body and blood, with his own divine presence. Open your heart and let him fill you and let his love transform you and make you holy and may he fill you with his heavenly peace. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to this week's homily by Father Carrozza. If you enjoyed this homily, please pass the word on to your friends and invite them to listen. For more materials from Father Carrozza, please visit www.fathercarrozza.com.